0: All right, what's up, everybody? We are, we had got Kaylee broken out of quarantine, and on episode 16 in the weeds, thank you for making the time and the long walk over here today. We <laughs> really you appreciate it. Thank
1: for having me. Yeah, a couple blocks. It was nice to get some fresh air.
0: All right. Well, I think uh, we kind of got uh, semi-caught up before getting in the room here. This is actually the first time meeting, which is, which is always fun for us on the show, um, and we were digital friends before this. Um, I have a lot of questions. I've watched you and your business and and everything you're doing socially. So definitely want to get that out of the on the table. But per our usual start, wanted to go back to square one for Kaylee. And and for us, it's always finding out. Are you a California native? Are you from here?
1: I am not. I am from Pittsburgh originally, Pennsylvania, not the Pittsburgh, California.
0: (laughs) I don't think we've had anybody from Pittsburgh on here before. There's a Pittsburgh, California.
1: Yeah, that's a first doesn't have the H on the end, but there's Pittsburgh, California. It's like up in the middle of nowhere. northern.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when did you when did you make it out here?
1: Um, I about to hit my six year mark right now. Actually. Oh damn, congrats. But yeah, I feel like a native.
0: <laughs> was there was there a reason you got you came west?
1: Um, moved out here because of work, my job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually working in professional sports before this. I was working in Cleveland for the Cleveland Cavaliers Dang. and it was time for a fresh start out Wait, here. wait,
0: wait. wait. <laughs> You're working for the Cavs and you wanted a fresh start?
1: Okay. So, I I did love That's a my dream job. job. Yeah, I loved where I I thought I made it when I got the job in professional sports. I was mm. like, I'm done. I've made it. It was my goal to work in professional sports. Got it. Um and it the, the company culture just shifted while I was there. So like any other mm. place, though I loved my job the people who I was around shifted a lot and just became not the best atmosphere that I wanted to be in. Mm. And I had actually worked at this time. I'd worked in sports for like five, about five years and was just kind of burnt out. I mean, it's, mm. it's really long hours. It's crazy work, which it's crazy because I, I work more now than totally. I did then. But Standard. when you're being burnt out doing something that mm. you're not loving, it's a way different feeling. Like now I can work crazy hour days, seven days a week and not feel burnt out because I'm so energized and excited by what I'm doing. But when you're working 80 hour weeks, not loving the people you're around and what you're doing, it's a lot different of a feeling.
0: See, this is why I love having people on never met before because I didn't know that. And now I really want to run with some questions on it. (laughs) What were you doing? What were you doing for the cows?
1: I was doing sales. I was doing um, group sales mainly. Um, Anything from... School outings to um, little leagues to dance groups. I mean, you name it. Any groups that existed um, from suites to um, anywhere in the arena. But I would do individual season packets, um, packages and groups. So mainly, mainly sales. I loved it. Worked every single game.
0: Dang. No way. (laughs) Wow. So you had the office job and at the games.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was, I mean, in season, it was crazy because you were working Like, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. non-game days. And game days, you're working 8 a.m. till end of the game, which was 10, 11 o'clock at night. And you do it all over again. Is it just the
0: accepted way when you start with a big program like that? Like, you're going to be working pretty much...
1: Absolutely. And I was fully committed to it. Like, I... I did love the long days for mm. quite some time before before I left but I mean it's so it's so energetic because when you work for a sports team people are typically really young there's a lot of people right out of college totally. a ton of people under the age of 32 and mm. you're working I was with the sales team about 30 35 people everyone under the age of 32 I mean it was a blast That's it fun. was <laughs> and especially mm-hmm. shortly after college um I didn't have to miss out on that big community feel after leaving college. You know, a lot of people take nine to five jobs and they're with people of all different ages and they struggle to find a community after college, but I had a built-in one.
0: Totally. So does this mean you grew up a basketball player?
1: I didn't grow up. I played basketball for a little bit, but I actually wasn't a big basketball fan growing up oh. because being from Pittsburgh, we don't have an NBA team. So I was way bigger. I was a baseball fan first. Actually, my dream job was to work for the Pittsburgh Pirates, but then, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers offered me a job first and the Pirates offered me one second.
2: No way. Knowing
1: that the Cavs had offered me one. And so... It was a mixture between I was a little competitive and a little annoyed that I didn't get offered the one I wanted first. No
2: way. Um,
1: But then the second part was I knew um, if I didn't get out of Pittsburgh, then I never would have. So it was a good excuse to move somewhere different.
0: You were offered both of them at the same time? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I went to something that's called a sports sales combine. And Mm. for two days, we did all sales training and then actually were selling tickets. And there was over 20 teams there hiring. So I left with six job offers. Wow. And then how to work through it was it's really cool. They still put them on.
0: That's for crazy college students. So you weren't a fan, but did you play basketball?
1: I did play basketball. Really? Yeah. I play I played up until high school. Okay. I I mean I'm five three. So I <laughs> fair. (laughs) I played point guard. That's fair. Uh, Yeah. So I played all through elementary school and middle school. And then um, when I hit high school, I transitioned to pole vaulting, uh, track and field hockey.
0: No kidding. Yeah. So is that, was being an athlete, what drew you to wanting to work in sports?
1: Absolutely. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I went to college, but I knew that sports was my life and I didn't want to leave the culture of sports. And so an injury, I was supposed to pole vault at at my university, but I broke everything from my knee down senior year no <laughs> of high way. school. So I couldn't pole vault in college anymore, but I know I wanted to continue to be a part of the sports atmosphere. And so I decided to go into sports management. In
0: Holy college. moly. Mm-hmm. Wait, so you were on track to go to college for Yeah, it was pull signed vaulting. D1
1: to pole vault. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did you say where D1? Where were you high
1: Point University. It's in oh, North wow. Carolina.
0: And you, you broke
1: pretty much everything from the knee down. actually, if you see, I have scars right now. I recently, I you had surgery. You can definitely see the scars. Well, so these are new. I just had surgery oh. um, two months ago, again.
0: No 10 way. 10 years later
1: on it, yeah. While well,
0: you did something new or just recurring? A mixture,
1: like old injury. I had a lot of ligament damage in there and then I re re-bro- broke my fibula about a year ago, just, <sighs> just like being active. Um, fibula is non-weight bearing, so I've been able to like do stuff on it for a year, but it increasingly Ooh. became painful, so I had to I had to get surgery on it two months ago.
0: Holy moly! So that's a total course correct. Yeah. Is, is that a situation where this might be an ignorant question? <laughs> no, you're good. Is when you injure yourself, it's like everything's pulled. Then, meaning like the skull, like Ooh. going there, like that, that's just off the yeah, table.
1: Yeah, because it was a really long recovery. It was mm. about a year recovery from it. Oh man, um, I was in the hospital for five days, bed rest for a month. Um, it was. Yeah, before I could do anything normally, it was almost, it was a year of PT. It was, it Holy was, I shattered, dislocated, broke, like, everything.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was, and you were actually I fell wrongful doing,
1: vaulting. Oh yeah.
0: Don't they have those giant mats that you fall on? You I, still so, can, I was going to so say, say land, the same thing. Aren't mats? I landed mats? on I the know. mat,
1: um, but I had, you're supposed to land on your back, and I had taken off wrong and didn't turn correctly, and so you have spikes on. So I landed on my feet. So my spikes went into the mesh mat and then I continued to fall. So it's like it got stuck in the mat and then I fell down. So it just like completely sideways. Yeah, it was was gnarly. I didn't even know it hurt for, I just like couldn't get up off the mat and then like adrenaline kicked in and then I looked down at my ankle and saw that like, Ninety degrees to my totally. leg, and then that's when I felt all the pain, and I was like, "Get me to a hospital oh, right now." I'm bad with that. Yes. I, can't, I can't see that. <laughs> I,
0: I I've tried. I can't do it. I, I've had, I've had a, a good friend. Actually, I lived with him uh, several years ago, and he um, always played sports. He was still in like men's basketball leagues and whatnot. And actually, in a basketball game, he uh, tore his Achilles, which Ooh. is a, which is a terrible recovery. And yeah. he was like a six foot five, really big dude. Um, But it's the same thing. He was he had he couldn't work bed rest and the recovery. And he actually told me because he was living in the house um, that he would like go in and out of like feelings of depression and like really struggled through it. And he was like, you know, he was in his 30s at that point. Yeah. But for someone that age, especially when, you know, and and I played basketball all through high school and knowing that you have a division one. Uh, uh, ride on the line and that happens that had to be I'm sure you went through like similar
1: I just stages. I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore yeah. like my whole life had always revolved around sports and I just planned on continuing that and I was like well now what do I do in college like what do I what do I want to study I just mm-hmm. I didn't know and yeah. it so it was a brand new experience but I guess it it did save me a lot of the anxiety around going to college because I just like knew I was going to play sports um, totally but it, it all worked, it definitely all worked out.
0: Yeah, for sure it did. did. Yeah. Did you have any major, like, you know, obviously at Course Corrected, you weren't going to be pole vaulting, weren't mm-hmm. going to that college, I imagine. Did you have any like major discoveries during that, like injury recovery time, about what you thought now you wanted to do or where you wanted to go?
1: I, I still had no idea. Mm. <laughs> I still went to the same school. So I still okay. went, yeah, I still went to High Point. Um, but I had no idea what I wanted to study. I originally thought I wanted to be a sportscaster, And then I was told by a teacher that you had to write all of your own material. And I'm not a very, I don't think I'm a very good writer. Mm. (laughs) I feel like I'm a way better speaker. And then I'd rather someone take what I say and turn it into words. But when it comes to making things grammatically correct and, or like, I just. That's fair. Yeah, and she was like, yeah, you have to write all of your own things, and I was like, I don't I don't think I can do that, so I guess that's out the window, but I thought I wanted to do something in communications or marketing in some capacity, and, mm-hmm. and then um, I took my very first intro to sports management freshman year, and I immediately changed my major from communications to sports management. I was like, done, this is what I want to do. Huh.
0: That's cool. Mm-hmm. Did you, did, is your family, do you come from anybody in... Well, I always ask anybody who's on here who's an entrepreneur, did you come from an entrepreneurial family? But but did you come from anybody in sports in your family who worked in sports?
1: Neither for both. Um, everyone in my family is teachers. Oh actually. no way. Yeah, um, both my dad, my mom, and my stepmom all with an education, and no no one um, did anything in professional sports. But I grew up in Pittsburgh, which is a huge huge sports town. Totally. So lives revolved around going to. Penguins games, Pirates games, Steelers games and Mm -hmm. I mean it's a a huge sports town and if you don't like sports, kind of kicked out of the city.
0: (laughs) Totally. So I have two like first question is did you get the pressure to be a teacher or go into education and second is how are you dealing with being in San Diego because we have such a lack of sports (laughs) and you're like any like east coast, midwest, like I know it revolves around sports. We have a lot of other things here, yeah. like there's natural entertainment. Do. There's
1: more to do here, so yeah. sports doesn't take over, and we don't we don't have dead of winters where there's nothing else to look forward to but sports. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's it's a trip, especially like I've always lived on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. It's a trip going to it's an experience going to a Midwest or like you know I went to a, a Red Sox game yeah. and like because the culture and everything out there is. They trump us for sure.
1: Hardcore, diehard fans. You know,
0: we go out and we have our tailgates, which is cute and cool. (laughs) They're like, uh, I went to the same buddy I was telling you before this that I was on a text with in, in Minnesota. He's still like, he has a seven year old son and he dresses him up in the whole Vikings gear and all that. But uh, it's like an all weekend affair, not like an all day, like, honey, I'm leaving. It's like all weekend. That's what they do. Yeah. That's what they do. Oh, you don't know to. tailgate
1: dedication until you are bundled up outside, grilling yeah. out in 10, 15 degree weather to not only tailgate for hours before the game, but also sit on ice cold bleachers during a game and yeah, watch a football yeah. game while your hands are like shaking.
2: Wild. <laughs> I did that in Chicago for uh, Bears' Green Bay game. And uh, it was like seven degrees. It was like the worst experience of my life. <laughs> well, you combat it
0: by it's the drinking. best. If,
1: if you were if you were a huge like diehard fan of one of them, it wouldn't have been as awful of an experience because you're so ha- like that is your team to the core in your True. heart and soul. When your That's beer your team. when your
2: beer is freezing <laughs> while you hold it, I don't care how much you like a team.
0: True, someone did did make a really uh, obvious point on why they think, like, the, the Patriots and those teams out there who have harsh winters and, and, and rougher weather conditions do better than, like, the West Coast teams is because they're practicing and training and playing oh, yeah. in that year-round. So then they come out, like, we're always 70 and sunny, and these guys have it nice and, and cush. I'm like, that actually makes sense. There's a lot of yeah. – that makes sense. but it's
1: the pressure of a diehard town, too. It's yeah, totally.
0: Lot. So were you the, – the, the next question, were you, like, uh, younger – did you have an entrepreneur in you? Like, were you doing anything that showed later on in life you were going to be, I always use the example, like, were you running a lemonade stand out (laughs) in the box? Were you doing anything like that?
1: I have a really good story. So I ran lemonade stands all summer with my friends Sweet. one year. I think I was, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, like young enough to not know, but old enough that my parents were like, go do a lemonade stand wherever you want. Um, so my dad is a little bit closer to in the city of Pittsburgh. My mom was in the suburbs, but so you know we can just have a lemonade stand. You had to offer different things. So I think we had like Kool Aid mix and some different drink options. So I go into my parents' fridge and I grab some cokes. I think there was some sprites, and I grab some beers. Fuck yeah. Now I, I'm like, we yes. got you gotta have you gotta have options <laughs> for the adults. I mean, I didn't even think twice. How so we have um, I got like nine or ten maybe. <laughs> So, got to have options for the adults. So, you know, we set up our lemonade stand on, like, this huge corner with this sap light in a couple blocks from my house. And all of a sudden, my neighbor calls my parents, and he's like, I just want to let you know your daughter's on the corner selling beer at her lemonade stand. (laughs) So, my parents, they, of course, weren't mad at all, but they had to explain that's, like great amazing amazing to offer all different options you have adult beverages but that's illegal so we can't do
0: that but did you have people buying them
1: i think so
2: the only thing i take from that Damn. story is that your neighbor's a snitch,
1: yeah. snitch. <laughs> what a snitch no i bet a week later
0: the neighbor had to stand up right down the road
1: <laughs> how, to, so. how to have all the options yeah. but yeah i was doing that and then in the summer i'd actually set up carnival games in my backyard so i'd like do all these different like toss things and hula hoops, and I'd get all my stuffed animals and toys I didn't want together, and offer mm. them as prizes. And I'd have kids pay like a couple cents or whatever it was for some tickets, and they could use the tickets to play the different carnival games. That's really that cool. All
0: right, so you had it early on. Yeah. It's funny because I've never had anybody say that they've done a lemonade stand because I did. I did the same too, and I did. I also knew I'm like, okay, I can't just have lemonade, so no. I was making Kool Aid, yeah. and then my mom like became. Maybe my investor. And she, I'm like, Ma, I gotta have like candy, others. And and it was in Arizona and it's hot as hell. Mm -hmm. So she takes me to Smart and Final, which I think they have out here. It's like Mm -hmm. a mini Costco. And um, like we, I kept the receipt because I had to pay that back. Mm -hmm. But I stocked this stand up and I had every like snack, food, I had popcorn, other shit. And I also had like a, you could drive up and order because we were in like a prime little corner of the neighborhood. So when people were coming home after work, just pull up. You don't have to get out of your car. We'll take your order. And I had, Love at it. that point, I had like two or three of my buddies now we are working for me. Yeah. Cash paying them yeah. out. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I actually don't know why I ever stopped. It was ridiculous. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah, and then when I was 13, I started a cleaning business. So we lived on a dead end street and, like, knew every single one of our neighbors. And so I got my friends together, and we, like, Set a price for like cleaning your kitchen, cleaning your living room, and totally. went door to door and asked whose house we could
0: clean. So you were foreshadowing for sure. So I, yeah, you like looking back
1: on it, I'm like, all you know, my parents were really big on playing outside and getting out of the house. At my dad's house, it, we didn't really watch any TV, and so everything we did, you know, it was like kickball games in the evenings, mm. like outside playing in the woods during the day and so it's just coming up with things to do with your Mm -hmm. friends i feel like
0: and this is totally off of what i've seen um off your social media there's a little bit of a teacher in you though because you educate you're you're doing a lot of educating yeah And, and i and that's i think that's one of the most valuable ways of getting uh building your customer base building what we call here super fans instead of just fans um, but you do a lot of educating. So there's like, I feel like a tad bit of you that's got the educator from maybe your parents in you. Definitely. You say?
1: Yeah, I think it's because it's also the way my brain works. Like growing up, I never wanted to follow rules unless you could tell me why. And if there was no why behind a rule, then I wouldn't follow it. But if you could sit me down and explain like this is why... We're following this rule, and this is why it makes sense. And so for everything I do, there has to be some type of why behind it. And that's what I – any piece of advice or recommendations I give to people, there's a why behind it. And so that's the education piece of everything.
0: Interesting. So you were the kid that always, if if mom or dad said you can't do anything, you were the one that said the why. (laughs) Yeah. It got
1: me in a lot of trouble when I was younger. If My parents didn't feel like explaining to me why. I would – I would get grounded from asking too many questions.
0: You know what I've found? Because (laughs) I I can relate, but on the flip, because I have two nieces now, and one's 14 and one's seven. And the 14-year-old's doing all the, like, normal teenage stuff you do. Yeah. But they're also, like, they have, like, such a different identity and and maybe even attitude now, like that generation. Maybe it's just me. But what I force, anytime I, I get into any sort of disagreement with her or telling her something... Is I, I ask her a lot of questions and make her tell me the why. When she when she says something like if she's complaining or putting something out, I force her to like, and it's not like, hey, I'm sitting you down interrogating you like yeah. a detective, but I force her to answer the questions. And by the end of it, if she can't find the if I if she finds a why, then I'm like, totally makes sense. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. If she doesn't, then it's almost like the the reverse. She's like, oh fuck. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And you force them into the answer. But funny stuff. Funny stuff. So how did you so you are at the calves, mm. what was your final day or final reason, and then you jetted out here?
1: Um, honestly, I, I didn't hit my, perform- my 30-day performance plan, mm. and that was kind of the split from there. I was already I already wanted to leave, and I didn't really want to be there, and that was kind of the excuse they used to let leave. Oh,
0: totally. Yeah. Did you like Cleveland?
1: I did. It was, a re- it was a really fun city to move to right after college because it's so similar to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. even though they're major rivals. So <laughs> I shouldn't really say that. Sure. But I mean, it's a it's a small blue collar town. I lived right downtown. Um, it was a blast right after college for sure.
2: That's cool. And what then, year yeah. was this? Was this in LeBron was there?
1: It was in between. Uh, in between. It was yeah, in yeah it, was, it was 2013. You were there while I was at the heat? Yeah, well, no wonder you
0: didn't hit your performance. Yeah, <laughs> you sell without the king. Oh
1: yeah, Get Kyrie. The fuck out. Like that was it. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, rough. that's
0: tough. Yeah. So, had you had you been here to San Diego before? I
1: had. I'd been here twice in college. I actually had made it my five year plan after college. I was going to be out here,
0: and you hit it like nail on the head.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hit like a year and a half after a year, a year, yeah, a year and a half after.
0: Oh, so, what was the first thing you did, like job wise, or what did you transfer into here?
1: So I. Um, for six months, I was just in a quick contract position. One of my old clients at the Cavs owned a software company, and mm. they knew I wanted to be moving out to San Diego, and so they were like, "We'd love to offer you a job, so you have a paycheck. You can work from home, work remotely, just run our online marketing for us, basically." Oh, that's cool. And so it got me out here, and then. I actually worked in education for four years. So, no yeah, I did college recruiting and admissions. No way. Yeah. Did you like it? hmm I worked for, for my alma mater, High Point University. So oh, I okay. managed all West Coast recruitment. So California, Colorado, Nevada, and Utah. And mm-hmm. I got to travel six months out of the year and talk with students and families during one of the most exciting times in their life. And Holy. I read every single application for all my territories, made the first-round decisions, presented to the committees for final decisions. It was it was a blast. I mean, That's I cool. love traveling all over California. I loved traveling to Colorado. I spent about three weeks a year in Colorado. Wow. Um, so it was a you, blast.
0: Before you started your business, you got a lot of uh, like different type of sales mm-hmm. experience.
1: Yeah, so is- those from like the hardcore sales, like selling on an experience, mm-hmm. to a softer sales because it's more, I mean, it's sales is always the best interest for someone, but working for the best interest of a student, there's, there was just a lot more to it. You were working with families, with counselors, working with students that were freaking out. I mean, I was working with California students that were going to go to a school in North Carolina, a small private school in North Carolina. I mean, working through that huge jump and that cultural transition. And you kind of serve, that's why it's not, it's sales, but it's not, it's such a, counseling is such a huge part of it. You serve as a major counselor to these kids. I mean, some of these kids call you in tears because they don't want to talk to their parents they don't want to talk to their school counselors and so they want to talk to you about what they should do how they should handle things and yeah i i loved it i, tr- I truly did yes
0: yeah, so did you ever or would you ever call yourself a saleswoman
1: not necessarily i mean i've had so much sales background but My mindset is never sales. My mindset is always impact driven. Mm -hmm. And so sales are just a result of that.
0: Yeah. And I think what what you said before, and I'm sure you have the why attached to your business now, which we're definitely going to get into, but I always tell people that no matter what almost any business needs in some way, shape or form sales. Yeah. And I've I've done sales um, that you just don't believe in, or you have nothing that really drives you behind the product Mm -hmm. or service. And then I done sales, like in a lot of ways too. Like we're selling, we're selling here, but you be, but you believe it, so it doesn't yeah. feel like I used to say, yeah, yeah, I'm a salesman. Like I did door to door, come out of college, door to door sales for uh, painting homes, which of all things, <laughs> but that I mean, I'm not waking up fucking jumping out of bed about yeah. painting homes. Well, there's
1: some people that love sales, like yeah. they can sell absolutely anything. They're so good. I I don't want to sell anything. I know. I just I want to make an impact and teach and educate about what I love.
0: Yeah. And, and I feel like, and that's why I said watching, you know, a lot of what you're doing half the time when I buy anything online, it's watching something first off it has to be a trusted person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm, I'm usually learning, which leads me to, uh, the call to action of, of buying. Cause I'm learning something about it. It's a, it's a product or service that I'm like, holy shit. And I feel like that's a lot of consumer driven products online. Yeah. Is there learning something or something they didn't know know before? I'm like, shit, I'm gonna try that. And I haven't quite yet gotten into the health like your space yeah. yet, fully. But I feel like I if, if I if I tuned in enough, like you know, you're converting people just by educating them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So when you got done with uh with that, you said you did four years with the university.
1: Yeah. So this is where it gets like in the weeds <laughs> of Sweet. everything. So in my last year with uh, no like year and a half, I started. I created a health and wellness blog, and the reason why I started that is because Instagram wasn't really a big thing yet at this time. When it came to like storying things, like Insta Story, mm-hmm. it was only Snapchat because it didn't exist on Instagram yet. So I was showing what I was making at home. I was showing what I was eating on the road. How I was eating healthy while I was traveling six all months out of the year. All through. So first on Snapchat. Oh, okay. I didn't have a blog or anything yet. So I was just like showing via Snapchat. And then I was getting a ton of messages from friends, family, and then I started to get messages from people I didn't even know asking tons of health advice and recipes for everything. And I don't I don't write cook a ton, but I don't write down recipes sure, for yeah. a lot of things. I just go with it. So I was like, "Oh, I guess I better start like writing down recipes." So I found myself like texting and messaging people just all these different Pieces of health advice yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and things I was cooking, and it became like a part-time job. And I was like, "Well, now I need somewhere to put these because I can't just like keep texting and messaging them to people." I'll just start a website, and it was just like I started just for recipes. I was like, "I'll just get the recipes up there." That way, I can to send people to my website and a link, and I don't have to. It was literally to save me time. Like that's yeah, why I yeah. created it. So um, then Instagram became more of a thing. So I was showing more things on Instagram, but still, this is when it was very, blogs were very big and they sure. were, they were heavier. And so you weren't really seeing microblogging and people sharing a ton of their life on Instagram. I was mainly posting on Instagram to be like, I just wrote this blog post. I just created this recipe for the mm-hmm. picture, like go to my website. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started building out my website and I became so passionate about health and wellness and I had been for years, but it kind of took a next step because so many people were asking for personal advice. I didn't feel comfortable without some type of backing or certification. Sure. And though I was doing so much research myself, I was like, I need something to go along with this. So I did an online program and got my got an additional degree in holistic nutrition. So I was like, okay, now I feel That's like cool. I have a little more validity to what I do. So then I had people that wanted to work on work with me one on one. So I was right, I was still working my full time job traveling. I was making all these recipes and blogging and showing how I was eating healthy, working out, what supplements I took, just it was very like lifestyle wellness. Mm-hmm. And then I was also one-on-one nutrition coaching people as well. And then I started to go through a bunch of different health issues. I started, um, I actually lost like 30 pounds with doing nothing. Like nothing changed the way I ate or worked out. Lost 30 pounds. Everything I ate seemed to make me sick. Um, I actually broke out in like bright red cystic acne. And I was like, something is going on with my body. And so I had gone to a bunch of different doctors and specialists and everyone was just like, here, going to antibiotics and Ian, um, ear, nose and throat, Dr. ENT wanted to like remove two my lymph nodes. My lymph nodes were swollen. and There was just all these different things going on with my body. And finally, a friend had suggested that I go see a naturopathic doctor and get like full plant um, blood work done. And so I did that and I started to figure out some things internally that were going on. Um, I won't go too much into this, but I got diagnosed with celiac disease, which is an autoimmune condition um, that's reactive by um, eating gluten oh, wow. and um, also leaky gut, but that's healable. And a few other things, like I was having issues with my liver, but all different things were, were healable. Just out of so nowhere. It was, all that, happening. it was triggered by a lot of different things, but the stress of traveling so much, mm. um, eating differently on the road and, um, I had actually gotten, I would stopped taking birth control and there's something that women can go through called post birth control syndrome, where basically their body reacts and rebounds after being suppressed because really quickly, the w- way birth control works, if it, it cuts off communication between your ovaries and your brain, mm-hmm. but it also depletes like a long list of vitamins. So it depletes zinc, selenium, vitamin D while B vitamins you're while you're on it, oh, it wow. depletes stomach acid, it depletes good gut bacteria and it suppresses testosterone. So when you get off, sometimes your body rebounds and just basically freaks the F out. It can yeah. happen to a ton of women. And so that that's kind of what happened to me as well. And on top of that, I was traveling. And so there was just a ton of my body just freaked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I, I still had like the skin issue to solve, though. I was starting to heal a lot of things internally, but my skin wasn't clearing up and as a last resort i found a place called san diego acne clinic it's in la jolla and danielle the owner is now my business partner and no way. So, yeah so that's kind of how we like first met um and then we can dive into it a little bit but then that's kind yeah, of where yeah. clear stem was created because of that because um, we met because all the health issues i'd gone through and totally
0: i feel yeah. like that that had to have been like the cliff notes, the hybrid version of it. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> yeah. really. That so sounds I like, I
1: could I could give you like an hour long story of it, but if I would segment it, yeah.
0: Well, and I I imagine from that, did you lose or you had to like um, take time off from like your one on one?
1: Yeah. So yeah. So I pulled back a little bit what I was doing, but I'm very much a workaholic, so I mm-hmm. didn't pull back too too much.
0: Did you? Because it sounded like you were. You were documenting a lot of stuff leading up to that, mm-hmm. you know, and you were educating people. You're posting it to your site. Yeah. Did you at all, like, communicate what you were going through with that when you were going through it? You know, like the...
1: No, I did a little bit on, on Instagram, but not not as much. Um, I'm the kind of person, I'm, I'm very open. I'm willing to share absolutely anything in my life, but I'm not... I don't share it when I'm, like, drowning in it. Totally, yeah. I'll share it when I'm, like, ankle deep after mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten through it. So I share about it a lot now, but at the time, I... I was so confused. I was so overwhelmed. I was embarrassed, too, because I was like, I'm this person that is so passionate about health and yeah. wellness that now is a degree in holistic nutrition, and it seems like I can't even control my own health. And yeah, then- well,
0: it became a big part of your identity, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, your identity is like the reverse. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Well, just so you know, because we will definitely, we're going to peel this back. <laughs> you have two guys who are like, we're health, wellness, life hack, like we are... Mm-hmm into that. So you're speaking our language right awesome. now. We're going to probably riddle you with questions. <laughs> so you're in good hands. Um, so when you came, when you eventually came out of that, what did you have to change? Was there like dietary changes or certain things that you came out of that, that like now is part of your new light, like lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Um, I never had to worry about gluten before I never ate a ton of bread and pasta, but I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd loved a bowl of pasta or a sandwich, but I had to completely eliminate it. But those weren't the biggest factors because gluten is hidden in so many things like mm-hmm. salad dressings and be cross-contaminated um, in kitchens. And so for a long t- for 10 months, I didn't have any gluten, dairy, shellfish, inflammatory oils, nuts and seeds, caffeine, alcohol for 10 months. Because my body was such a wreck that, yeah. in order to heal, and I'm I have no problem going like balls to the wall on anything. I'm like you tell me what to do and you tell me why, mm. and I'll do it. So <laughs> I like followed all the rules. I was like I will do everything to a T, and I was on like a very strict um, supplement protocol. And then slowly after that, I was able to bring some things back in. So I still I didn't have alcohol for about a year and a half, and. Oh, wow. um, I still went out with friends. I did all the things. I'd get soda water at the bars and just became Mm -hmm. very comfortable with that. Um, I didn't have caffeine for about a year and a half as well. But slowly I started bringing the more simpler things back in, like shellfish and some different things like that. But for a good couple years, I still had to play around with a lot of things. I'm at a really good point in my health right now where I can be a little more lenient with things. Mm -hmm. Never, ever gluten like that. I can tell if it like accidentally snuck on something, I'll be sick right away. But with other things, I can be a little more flexible and lenient about, but it was a very slow growth, allowing things back in, allowing my body to get comfortable with having things again.
0: Totally. Do you think, because it took me way too long in life to figure out or get interested in nutrition Mm -hmm. and like what we put in our body. Do you think in general, uh, what like the message out there? right now is good or bad or somewhere in the middle
1: i think it depends who you're talking to i mean you have the extremists with nutrition you have the people that think keto will fix everything Mm -hmm. and you should be on it for the rest of your life um my biggest thing is there's some big categories of things that i really don't ever think you should have or if you do like very minimal contact like inflammatory like things that are major major inflammatory totally, yeah. like inflammatory oils like highly highly processed sugars like those really mm. top tier things that can cause some really serious issues and I think there's flexibility and moderation with everything else so I'm dialed in eating every single day I may eat very veggie based with pro like with protein mm. and fats but then I allow myself flexibility when I want to but that's yeah it's not every single day, though. So I think just getting to a good point of moderation, I think just knowing what's good to have on your plate every day and then knowing what should be a treat in an every once in a while thing and just understanding the difference just mm. puts you in a really good position.
0: So when you're cheating, what's your cheat meal
1: um, or your
0: guilty pleasure?
1: <laughs> it's funny. Even when I have guilty ple- pleasures, they still are pretty healthy. I mean, I'll make like... Grain free, gluten free, like chocolate chip cookies. Like, I love chocolate chip cookies. So, I guess that would be a big thing.
0: <laughs> just got to eliminate the grain free. Just go for the full, <laughs> go for the full and splurge.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. Um, I mean, like a dairy free ice cream, like a cashew fair. base or coconut milk ice cream is really good. I think I'm like an ice cream and chocolate chip cookies kind of person. So, just putting like my gluten free, dairy free spin on that. and Okay, fair. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. fair. So then you you wound up at the La Jolla Skin San Diego
1: Acne Clinic, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so talk to me through how the conversation progressed with the owner, you yeah. said? Danielle. In, into how now you guys are business partners.
1: Yeah, so the very first time that I went in and sat down with her, I was her last client of the day. So we actually spent an hour and a half talking before she even touched my skin. Mm. And she had me bring in every hair product uh, skincare product and makeup product that I used. And I learned something that I'd never known before because, again, my background in nutrition was to feel good if you need to lose weight. to Like, it was to lose weight. But mm. I had never studied or knew about nutrition and ingredients, both in products and food, and its reaction to acne, specifically its reaction to testosterone. Because mm. any food... Um, any food that you're eating or supplements that you're taking, the one of the one of the reasons why it could break you out is because it can trigger testosterone, um, or it's a high high inflammatory. But so we went over all these ingredients in my products um, that were pore clogging that I had no idea. And I came to her with some pretty expensive products that I thought would fix my skin, like $150 serum and all these things that I was told would help cure my skin that didn't. And Mm -hmm. I learned that no matter if it's a $10 drugstore item or a $200 luxury serum, they can also have pore cloggers in them. And so when you're having a lot of skin issues, removing all pore cloggers, but then removing a lot of the foods that can trigger acne. And then also, since I was taking a lot of different supplements, um, the supplements that trigger testosterone, the big ones are B12 and vitamin D. And when testosterone is triggered depending on where your hormones are, it um, basically stimulates your oil production and produces a thicker, stickier oil. And so it can cause people to break out. Um, which is why, like, a lot of men bodybuilders break out a ton is because their testosterone is yeah, so high. Yeah. Um, so, I, I I was taking some different supplements that were triggering testosterone. I had some hormonal ba- imbalances with that. So, we actually found like 11 different acne triggers in my products and lifestyle in general. And so, once I removed those and started working on my skin and I was on a proper skincare routine, my skin was completely clearer than two months, like, to, like nothing had ever happened. So
0: So she gave you a full like crash course on everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so we like when I would lay on her table, because for a while I was seeing her like every week and then every other week, like my skin was so bad. It just like maintenance for it. And so we would just talk wellness the whole time. I would talk like all things nutrition and she would talk all things skin health. And so we bonded that way. And then she was actually in the process of creating this serum, which is now our cell renew serum, which was our original star product. But she was getting so many people clear. She also wanted a maintenance product for her clients to um, to clear up any scar damage because she would Mm. get people clear. But then people still deal with scarring, especially if they've had acne for like And a lot of time. And so, um, scar damage is a huge, um, huge part of it. And you need to replump out the scars, rebuild collagen in your skin. And so, she was creating this incredible, incredible serum. And she was only selling it to her clients, it was only in her clinic. I was like, Danielle, like, this is incredible. Um, And there's so much education that you have and that we both have that no one knows about in relation to skin. Because then I started really pivoting everything I was doing for skin health, too, because that's what I had been going through. And so we first started selling it on Amazon because one of her clients was this Amazon guru. and So we blew up on Amazon because there was barely any skin products on Amazon at this time. This Mm. was about three years ago, and so we were able to blow up without any competition. Now it's a lot more difficult. We have Mm -hmm. an Amazon agency we work with because, I mean, we have, like, 80 competitors, and there's so much skincare on Amazon now. But we were, like, one of of the first, and we really stuck out because there's no other. um, The Cell Renew is a stem cell serum. That's one of the reasons why it's so incredible for scar reversing and so we really blew up on Amazon, and then we created just kind of a makeshift website from there, and we were just, we were kind of going with it. I mean, I was, Mm -hmm. again, I was still, I was still working for High Point at this time. I was still working on my blog. I was still nutrition coaching people, and then I took this on, and I was, (laughs) I was, you know, talking with bottle manufacturers to get new bottling. I was working with a label designer to get, like, a simple label put on. I was, like, Filling up bottles in my kitchen. I was packing them in huge boxes and mailing them to Amazon. When we started our website, I was mailing out individual orders. Love it. And so did this for <laughs> about a year of just still the singular product and doing all of this. When um, we were like, one, we need to go bigger at this. Two, we need help. Like mm-hmm. this is not working. It was just I you need too. To be, Yeah. And she was only taking one day off the clinic and a week, and I was working five different jobs. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Holy so, moly.
1: Yeah. And so we're like, something needs to change. And so that's when, um, I left high point, started doing clear stem full time. We decided to make it a full brand. We came out with three new products, new packaging. And that's kind of when everything started to really take off. <laughs> totally.
0: Tell me the feeling of leaving high point and being going all in.
1: It was such a mixture. Um, I really don't like disappointing people mm. at all, and so it was. And I truly did love my job. I just loved something more now. Yeah, yeah. That and makes sense. so it was really hard for me to leave. Um, I felt like I was letting down students. I felt like I was letting down the team. Um, but I was so excited because I feel like I was just being pulled in a thousand different directions, mm-hmm. and I was definitely spending way more time on Clear STEM than I was the job that I was salaried yeah, at. Yeah. And so I knew it was the right thing to do. It wasn't fair for me not to give a hundred percent to a job that was paying me. Um, well, so it was once I got done telling my boss that I was leaving, I was ecstatic. I mean it was like my I had like my last day at high point on like I don't I think it was like the middle of the week it was like a Wednesday or something and then the next day I was like, all right. Clear some yeah. all day, every day.
0: Yeah. It's funny because I, I, I love hearing people's like transition, especially when they're leaving uh, a job to go to um, the, their startup or their mm-hmm. business. And we actually had um, on the show, uh, Evan, who started Tipsy Elves. Oh yeah. And he of all jobs, he was a lawyer and like doing really well lawyer, wow. but he wasn't happy, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. but still hearing, you know, it's a, it's a total difference. I mean, he was, he was sharing time cause he obviously had to be at the firm but he was like moonlighting and at night he's he's doing tipsy elves and all that. And it was gaining momentum and gaining momentum. And it was getting so pulled in so many directions that even if you know like, okay, we have enough runway with the business that, you know, I know I'll have my bills paid. Yeah. There's still like a, there's a fear that comes with it, you know, because cause with Clear Stem, it's all on you, yeah. you know, and even if there's that runway, there's also the potential with any startup like, oh shit, we could crash and burn though. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's got to be a little, like a little bit of fear too, you know, going into Yeah. It.
1: I mean, it was really nerve wracking because for a while, we were basically Amazon was paying for us to do everything else because we were making good money on Amazon. It was paying for our website, for um, everything from our manufacturer. But Amazon c- can make or break you because mm-hmm. if something, if they don't like something or you get one review that they're not okay with, they'll just pull you. And that happened to us twice. And it was really scary. Um, We actually, we found out it was a competitor because it was a very outlandish review that we got that was, it was impossible for it to happen. So basically a a review had said that our serum burned their skin, which was completely impossible because of the ingredients in Cell Renew. There was, there's nothing acidic. Like it's, it's literally, it was actually impossible. And so Amazon yanked us. And we had to get all this documentation from our chemist and write up this whole report and this letter, basically explaining how that was impossible. And it took us a few weeks to come on. And so, I mean, we lost a few weeks of revenue. And again, that was like piloting everything else. They can else. just
0: yank you like that. Yep.
1: And then, yeah, not put in. Sometimes they can say you're never coming back on. Sometimes you have to petition and then see if you get back on. But, um, and the longer you've been on, the more validity you had. So like knock on wood, but we haven't had any issues in a very long time, like over a year with Amazon, but we had two kind of back to back ones for a while where we were like, okay, we really have to build up our website and be in control of talking to our consumers because with Amazon you have no control of your consumers. They won't tell you emails, they won't tell you anything because they don't want you yeah. taking away business. Yeah. Um they don't even want you mentioning your to your consumers in any way that you have a website or you're sold anywhere else besides Amazon. Cause I made a rookie mistake that I was replying to someone's comment. Um, because we have this awesome resource on our websites of, um, poor clogging ingredients list where people can cross-reference all their products with. Mm. And so I was just telling someone in the, in the comments cause they were asking about something and I was like, Oh, like head to our website. We have like, here's the link to our poor clogging ingredients. list. check it out. And we got yanked from Amazon. Really? Uh-huh.
0: That's bizarre. I didn't yep, know that. They were like,
1: Nope. And so I, we basically had to sincerely apologize that we'd never do it again, essentially. It got back on like a week later.
0: That makes sense. I didn't know that because I buy um, a lot of supplements from On It.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. On It does sell on Amazon. And I'll buy through their site a lot, but I bought on Amazon. And I don't know why this one time I did it, but I bought their Alpha Brain. And it came like it's a 30 pill bottle and it came with like 26. I have no idea because I never pour out the full bottle. I don't know what I was doing. Maybe I was going on a trip or something. Yeah. And I hit their customer service. And I'm like, hey, uh, you got, and it delivered late too through Amazon. Like, mm-hmm which is not the case usually through Amazon. Yeah. And I got like almost a standoffish uh, feedback. It almost felt like, like hey, I, I don't have the time to email you guys about four pills being missing, but I got my order in and it just flatlined. Like I got, there's nothing that ever that ever came from it.
1: That's interesting. So there is, I mean, just to let you know, there's a lot of sketchiness that goes on with Amazon and supplement companies. So mm. um, I still buy some supplements on Amazon, but it's definitely not a trusted resource because there's a lot of people that buy supplements and repackage things and then resell it so you have to make oh, sure man. that's not only from like the verified on it seller but then trusting that they're doing everything correctly mm-hmm. too
0: it was the last time i just like building a nice little cart out in amazon so yeah, it'll be I know, i'll have all too. other sorts of random shit i'm like might as well just throw the on it pills in there versus yeah. going just to their site for this one put it all yeah, together I have
1: so many things on subscription through yeah i just rely on that
0: so when you when you guys said hey we need help or mm-hmm. building what was uh, what were some of those next steps like how are you scaling the growth?
1: Yeah, the first one was we finally got a shipping warehouse, so mm-hmm. I was no longer shipping things, and my apartment was no longer a warehouse. That's of exciting. Tons of boxes <laughs> and shelves, and so that was very exciting that I wasn't fulfilling individual orders. So we got a manufacturer and a warehouse. So we signed on a manufacturer to um, fill us. So we just ship all of our um, product in bulk from our chemist. We'd get it filled, sealed, labeled, bubble wrapped, all the things, send a bulk to, um, ton to Amazon and then a ton to our shipping warehouse. And then now all website orders are filled through our warehouse. And so that was so exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's a
0: hard process though, right? It's, yeah. it's like an interviewing process for few manufacturers and shipping and all that. Yeah, we, that's your livelihood. We
1: had to switch shipping companies because we had one that absolutely just Around us cash wise like really? just sucked uh, like we lost so much money from our first shipping company because there was we got nickel and dimed shipping a shipping a shipping small one ounce bottle was costing us like 13 to 17 dollars it boy. was it was unbelievable the shipping company with we're now is fantastic but mm-hmm. we got really suck drive cash for
0: is it, lo- is it are they local
1: um no it's california up in moreno valley area oh, okay
0: cool mm-hmm. So you kind of now, you have manufacturing, operations, sales, marketing. Mm-hmm. You kind of wore every, every yeah. hat, Yeah, huh? and the
1: first person like we really took on and hired was customer service because Smart. I was handling all customer service for a while. And especially when we um, got our new warehouse and we were having so many issues with shipping, for a couple months my full-time job every day was just customer service. Mm-hmm. And I was getting really – I mean – I was doing it, but I was getting really frustrated because I couldn't work on anything creatively or that I really wanted to for the business. And so we hired on someone for customer service, and that was another amazing decision. <laughs> do you Just, still have the first hire working for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? She's amazing. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. It's a it's a really uh, big step making the first hire. Yeah. Because you're handing over stuff that you do, so it's a little like... It's almost like a sensitive, sacred thing handing oh, yeah. over. And it's also too like we've never really put money in our budget for this. So you better earn every, earn every dollar that we pay. Yeah.
1: Because I mean, in the beginning, when you're just being scrappy with a startup. You don't, you don't have a marketing budget. Like you don't have mm-hmm. all these different budgets. You're just like, all right, this is what we're bringing in and we'll just pull this to go towards this. Like oh, yeah. we'll, we'll just go with it. Um, you know, until yeah. you start making more money where you can start actually creating like a monthly marketing budget and a monthly budget for X, Y, Z. You're kind of just, rolling with it and see what yeah. works.
0: Yeah, bootstrapping. Yeah. That's <laughs> good. So so speed up to now because I see you guys are busy now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess catch us up. What's uh what's the day-to-day look like for Kaylee today with the company?
1: Well what's super awesome, um COVID was actually a blessing for us, a blessing and a curse. But um Danielle had to close her clinic. Mm. And so prior to this we were only together in person two days a week. Which sometimes made it very difficult for projects we'd working working worked on because they would get extended a lot more because mm. we only have two full days together. Um, but since she's had to close her clinic for the last, you know, month and a half, we've had every single day together, which has been incredible for our business. Um, but day to day, I handle a lot of the partnerships and marketing around things. So I'm really working on building those strategic partnerships with whether it's. Um, Whether it's more PR related, whether it's working with influencers, whether it's connecting with other business owners, whether it's, um, I mean, you name it, but partnerships is huge for Mm -hmm. me. And so I work on a lot of that and a lot of the marketing around things. So um, we have an awesome Facebook ads guy. So I work with him a a lot around that. I work really closely with. Um, the girl that handles all of our social media and content planning. Nice. And so my big p- passion is, um, getting out education around our brand. I love the idea of creating a brand, not just a company. So some, something that people really want to be a part of and can learn from. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the strategy behind what I do is, um, bringing our community, community together, putting out education, in a really strategic and fun way. And then just doing a lot of the delegation and navigating with our team.
0: That's rad. Do you go, I feel like I've seen somewhere, do you go and speak or educate in like group settings mm-hmm. or yeah. really? How do yeah, you do so, that?
1: Um, it just depends. I've spoke with a lot of different like health and wellness groups on a lot of different podcasts. And um, I just, I love speaking about all things, health, wellness, skin wellness, all the things.
0: That's rad. Yeah. So what now that you've pretty much done everything with the company, what now is your, because I always think it's a great thing for someone to go from literally cleaning the floors to <laughs> Oh, owning the company. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite part of, of running it right now?
1: Creating a community.
0: Yeah. So
1: we just, we launched a course last week, which was a long time coming. So like you had just heard how many factors affected my skin health. I mean, it was nutrition, digestion, gut health products. I was using mm-hmm. hormonal imbalance. And so we know at the end of the day, and we don't want to hide behind this products don't. Just fix your skin. Like, that's not the only thing that they do. Like, products isn't the only solution. So, if someone's mm. acne and skin health isn't doing well because they're using toxic products or poor quality ingredients, then changing their products will be phenomenal. And we've got the products for that. But sometimes there's a different root cause going on that's causing their skin issues. And it can be skin issues from acne to just accelerated aging in the skin, too. And so, We have all this education to put out there and we've been doing it in different ways through social media and blog posts, but we wanted something that took people through an entire journey so they could figure out the root cause of their skin issues and then be able to tackle them. Um, And so we worked with Christina Rice Wellness. She's local. Um, She's a nutritional therapy practitioner. And she's helped thousands of women heal from chronic diseases and chronic health issues. Mm. And so Danielle, Christina, and I built out this entire course. It's called Ditch Your Acne. And it helps people get to the root cause of their acne to actually clear their skin for lifelong.
0: That's really cool. Yeah.
1: So that just came out. So we've been working really, really hard on that. And so right now it's been... Really promoting that and getting it in the right hands of people. We want to create a certification program around one of them as well for health coaches and practitioners and esthetician so they can learn how to help their clients more. So That's it's building cool. out more of that and just um, getting it in the hands of the right people.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Did I also see you wrote a book? I did. <laughs> Crazy. Girl, she's wow. on fire. Wow. And it's apple cider vinegar.
1: Yeah. So this is really fun. So. Yeah, so I got approached with this opportunity um, last April. I think it was almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. And basically a publishing company reached out to me via email and I almost deleted it because it was like a two-sentence email being like, hey, we have an opportunity for you to write a book. Click this link and schedule a call. And I was so close to deleting it because it was very impersonal. And I was like, is this link going to be a bot? Am I going to get a virus from this link? Yeah. So, But there was something inside of me that I was like, let, let me just see. It was like schedule a 15-minute call. And so I hop on the call, and it was a publishing company out of New York City. And they were like, we are looking for um, people accredited in the health and wellness industry. The way our publishing company works is we create the titles of the book, and then we find the authors to physically write it all. Really? Yeah. It's a, like they, basically, they, um, they're they a very tech-based publishing company, and so they find a lot of white space in the market of what could sell really well, create titles around it, create an outline, and then find appropriate that's, writers. That's
0: smart. How'd they find you?
1: Um, I had written a blog post five years ago about the benefits of apple cider vinegar. No way. <laughs> yeah. and it's a really highly ranked blog post.
0: Well, it I was s- like
1: my third or fourth blog post, too. It really? was just really highly ranked on Google.
0: So before I ask the next question... Do you still do you take or drink apple cider? Because I did that for a very long time. I actually need to get back on so it. Did I. Yeah, super beneficial.
1: Yeah, super beneficial. But you never want to drink it straight because it can burn the line of your esophagus. Well, too bad. That's, That's what I did idea. every <laughs> single time. Yeah, I went
0: straight from the bottle. a yeah. quick swig oh, in the morning. Oh, I did that
1: in the beginning, and then I actually had to edit my blog post once I like learned further because it. I mean, it was circulating take shots of apple cider vinegar, and then it started coming out. It's way too acidic, and so, so you're supposed to it ruins the enamel water. of your teeth. It burns the line of your esophagus. So you have to have it diluted Shit. in at least like four to six ounces of water. Good
0: to know. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> so from start to finish, how was that? How was writing a book and publishing and releasing?
1: Awful and amazing. All this. <laughs> <entire>. <laughs> it was horrible, but also really cool. <laughs> really. It was unbelievable. I had to write the. I had to write um, the entire thing in four and a half weeks. Really? On to, yeah. On top of doing my full time job, and it was in the middle of last summer, and I was traveling. I was on the East Coast for two weeks for two different weddings. For yeah, so two of those four four weeks, I was traveling, visiting friends in two different weddings, still trying to do full time everything with Clear Stem and trying to write this book. I just like I blacked out for a month. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Yeah, and it was hundred. So it's apple cider vinegar, one hundred and fifteen recipes for health, home, and beauty. So three different sections of the book: health, home, and beauty. 115 recipes total was that there
0: they gave you that structure they gave me
1: that structure um they gave me the outline and they gave me like there was the introduction and i had a right introduction there was um like the history of apple cider vinegar the benefit like there was a whole chapter in the beginning that before the recipes even started of just like all content and history and all the things um like how cleopatra (laughs) used apple cider vinegar like how it's been used like throughout centuries and so I had, to, I had to write all all of that. And um, so they would tell me per section how many words it had to be. So I had to not only write it, wow. but also fall within every single one of their guidelines and framework of everything. And so it, it was very difficult. And I just want to say, like, thank God for editors, because like I said yeah. in this podcast, I don't deem myself a very good writer at all Mm -hmm. so I just like put it out there and someone else fixes it that was like the best possible situation
0: so looking back was it all worth it
1: the money was really good I gotta be honest like that that I mean it was really fun like I got to become a published author I have a full-blown book that's in Target and Barnes and Noble and on Amazon and um so it's just it's really cool to have that and to go through that experience and the paycheck was very nice for mm-hmm. it as well and so all in all i'd, I'd do it again i'd probably i was gonna yeah i'd probably do it again <laughs> i stay in contact with them so like they whenever there's like a, a good like title opportunity that i could be another good fit for um that's cool i might i might say yes again
0: <laughs> that's cool at the
1: end of the day it was only four and a half weeks so i just have to like crush it and like burn myself out for four and a half weeks and then I'm good. So mm.
0: if you had a choice tomorrow, you had to start writing a book, what would you write about?
1: I'd probably write about more my journey. Um Honestly, I'd probably write a little more about childhood. Mm. Um It was definitely, it was, I was not in an easy situation with divorced parents and a lot of back and forth and kind of how I've grown from everything and how I've changed as a person and how I, view things that happen, like kind of stepped out of a victim mentality and took responsibility mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And so I feel like I would, I would definitely write more about that.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. When'd you step out of the victim mentality? Cause that's a huge step.
1: Yeah. Um, I think right after college, mm. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't wait to be on my own. Mm. I couldn't wait to leave home to go to college and I couldn't wait to leave college to just be on my own and think for myself and make money for myself and be in control like be fully control of my own life and I think that's when a lot of things wanted to shift because I feel like so many times I wanted to make shifts and this is just making an excuse purely but because of like situations I was in or friend groups I was in I feel like I didn't have the freedom to do that or at Mm -hmm. least I didn't give it to myself but I got I felt like I got to start all over college
0: yeah it's funny I tell anybody well the easiest way to snap out of a victim mentality is to start a business (laughs) yeah you have no, too. there's no other option. You yeah. know, there's nobody else to blame. They're like, your sob stories are just going to fall on deaf ears. So yeah. it's, it's funny that it happened that far back. I wish it was that far back for me, but I feel like there's a lot of people who have, even right now. And I told you, we weren't going to talk much about the COVID, <laughs> but, um, it's really hard for me because we've been hit just like every other business mm-hmm. and personally, yeah. but it's really hard. I just don't have, I don't have any part left in me to like complain or, no. or like, or be a victim. Because right now every single person pick up the phone anybody you call they're dealing with it and a lot my, in my world especially other business owners they're dealing with it even worse yeah so like and, and if you translate that over get outside of like the, the the covid situation that's a reality every day you know and and the soonest that you can start saying you know how did even if there was a situation where you know you firsthand created that problem you know if you can always find some sort of way to, to spin it and not uh, and not victimize yourself that's what I always I, I'm sorry I meant Even if it's a situation where you know that another person created it, I always look at how did I maybe influence them to make to to go there, do that. And we even say in the company, like anybody who's a department head or whatnot here, like if somebody in their department makes a mistake, well you hired them, you oversee them. Not not and it's not even to like shift the the finger pointing, but it's always an opportunity to be like, Okay, so where did I where did I maybe go? And you should always
1: blame yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think
1: the second you blame someone else, you're just you're in denial. And as soon as you can say like, it's my fault. And not like not being crazy, hard on yourself, and putting yourself down, but just accepting responsibility for it because it, you know, you're responsible in some capacity. Mm-hmm.
0: And 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 blaming, yeah, blaming's one word. I even feel like I, I feel like if you blame, you wouldn't um, try to learn from it. You just yeah. blame, be like, cool, blame me, and then I'm done with it. If you can learn from it, I feel like that's the that's the silver lining. Yeah, you know. Oh, I
1: like love when things go wrong in our business. I mean, yeah. I just. It sucks when it happens don't get me wrong, but I think it's the growing from when things go wrong are so much fun Like you learn a new way to do something You maybe get in contact with someone new because maybe you're reaching out to people be like have Mm -hmm. you gone through this? How can I do it? And so I feel like going through something or some type of mistake opens so many more doors
0: Totally. I think I think as years go on owning and growing a business I describe it as my superpower is problem-solving yeah. And I like, I take pride in it, e- even if it's somebody else that has nothing to do with like what I'm working on or the part of the company I'm working on. I get like a weird thrill out of what you have a problem or you yeah. feel like you've hit a dead end. <laughs> let's, let's get like an let's, adrenaline rush. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and, uh, I think that's been the weirdest transition for me, at least during like this weird time we're all in because that superpower, like it's been completely deflated. Like there's not, like, I, I said, it's, no means no right now. Yeah. Whereas before, like, cool, you said, no, I'm going to figure out a yes. I might take the back door or the side door, but I'm going to figure out how to get to the front door and get the yes. Um, right now, I, I feel like I spent maybe the first week or so of the whole quarantine and shutdown figuring out the way around. That's what, just by, by <laughs> yeah. nature. And it's like, no, Pete, no means no. This shit is <laughs> shut down. Yeah. It's shut down. There is
1: no, like, gray area, back door, wiggle room.
0: Yeah, but but yeah. it also made, okay, like, I, I got to figure out some different colors and, and and spread my wings a little bit more, which has been super fucking uncomfortable. Um, But, again, I think the, the takeaway will be I could – you could sit here and be like, um, victim, 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 and I'm going to just walk out of that with not learning a single thing. I'm like, okay. Let's figure this out. You're in a really uncomfortable spot. hasn't It's not the first time. And where are we going from here? Yeah. You know?
1: Like, I'm not... I'm going to say something, but I just want to make it clear. Like, I'm not being insensitive to, like, what people are going through. But if you're just taking, like purely a positive spin on everything that's going on like how cool is it that we've had to just figure shit out mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. i mean i feel like all of us are being crazily challenged in new ways so again taking away like there's a lot of stuff going down and a lot of people hurting but if you can take like one thing out of this like i feel like i've grown so much during this we've gone so content heavy so community focused mm-hmm. Uh, things that we've been putting off for months and months and months, we are doing now and taking action on now. And it's just forced us to. And so it's been a really fun transition as we're taking a positive look on everything.
0: I completely agree. And I've had like, I've managed to kind of go mute during this whole, even though I have like, I feel like my opinion on the situation changes each day too. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I'm never that one. I want to fully like digest an opinion before I publicly put it out there. Um, and as soon as I feel like, okay, I've, I've digested this one. I'm like, wait, no, it, then it, then it changes. So I haven't really sucked it out there, but I'm, and why I'm asking about your book is I I've been a writer like all along or like writer by nature. So I'm just like, dude, just write, write through this. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And I, if there's anything I take away from that is I never could make time for really writing or doing that before. So like now it's my first thing in the morning and at night I'm like, I'm not finding any excuse not to do it, which yeah. is really cool. And there was always that part I couldn't access back, and and I don't think now seeing how everybody's reacting, I felt like my my normal world lifestyle is really go 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 go, mm-hmm. and uh, I would starve a big part of like the the personal fuel in me, um, that it's completely that light switch has been turned off. So I don't even have an option for that. So it's it's forced me now to focus on the stuff that I used to be like I don't I don't have time for that. You can't do that. You can't do that right now. Yeah. But now looking at the whole world, everybody's doing that, you know? And, and, and I'm sure you, you probably, you know, you, you attract the people you hang around and they're like mine and all that. So I'm sure a lot of your friends and like peers are, are as go-go as lifestyle. Mm-hmm. All my friends have had to do that. Like all my business owner friends, they're on the couch. Not, not every day, but they're, yeah. they're parked. And we're yeah. s- that's so uncomfortable for us. So we've had to like figure out a different gear to switch into, but definitely not stopping. You know, yeah. we had to just figure the different gear out. And that for me has been like, I, I know a lot of people put out like they want to post the the rainbows and ice cream of it. I'm like, that's great. But I feel like I wouldn't be telling the full truth if I didn't say it. there was, there's been some really difficult, challenging times oh, yeah. because you know, your buttons that you push on, on a normal day and I can't push them. I can't push them, mm-hmm. you know? So hopefully we all walk away with this from like a little bit more, uh, not so one dimensional. Yeah. Even me, you know, like there's a lot of times like I have a very set routine what I do, like I think it's going to just co- totally disrupt that for the most part. And we're re- – like our company, we're sitting like, okay, cool, things are shut off. But guess what? Now we have the opportunity. We were carrying around, around a lot of fat before because we're moving so fast, growing so fast that you just let certain things go. Right now as we reopen, we can choose what we bring back on and hopefully we carry no fat. Yeah, and it's a little ho- bit
1: of a fresh fresh start going yeah, back into it.
0: Yeah, and we we were talking yesterday is – You know, we try to build a culture around here and always get behind the brand and the people. But even that took the back burner. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dude, if there's any time right now, let's figure out those like we used to do once a month, once a month, like our our company office workout. And then it just fizzled because we got busy and coordinating Mm -hmm. schedules. And we'd have like little milestones like that. We'd do a retreat to Big Bear. And every time it just got, we got busier and busier. I'm like, okay, what are our new standards and non-negotiables that we're doing that take priority? moving forward because right now there's nothing that can really supersede busy wise. We're, we're all not busy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's been like, you know, I don't want to do the everything silver lining, but I think there is going to be a really great silver lining from this. I think it's just once getting it behind us is what everybody's so, so eager to do right now, no. you yeah. know, <laughs> but so I have a big question Yeah, and, and you have a very active lifestyle just like everybody we have on this show we talked a lot about your business, your work, um, past career, all that. What is your personal social life? Not anything clear stem, not anything company related. What is your normal? How do you, how do you carve out or what are some of your like um, routines or what you have to do type of things?
1: Yeah. Um, As far as my, I have to work out every day. That's definitely a part of my morning routine. And my morning routine has been really thrown off since I did have ankle surgery two months ago. Mm. I normally get up and immediately, I live in a condo complex. so I just go straight down to the gym. Um, But I was on bed rest for a few weeks. But as soon as I was able to work out again, I was just, I'm on the floor in my living room with like resistance bands on and like non-weight bearing. So I still have to get that movement in. Um, But I have an incredible group of friends in San Diego and they're all in the entrepreneurship space and which is great because we neither of us have to work around a 9 to 5 schedule to see each other. So sometimes it's like 5:30 a.m. hike, sometimes it's lunch in the middle of the day. Um it's actually typically never things in the evening. It's normally like super yeah. early morning or yeah. just something in the middle of the day. But I have an insanely amazing supportive friend group that I've built out here built out here in San Diego and they are my lifeline for everything.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Is there certain things cuz we've had people on here who Like, one guy, he absolutely has to surf X amount of times a week. Another guy, he has to go box X amount of times a week. Are there certain things like that outside of just fitness, like you have to, those are like your you time or just that fill your cup?
1: I mean, like I said, I have to work out. I have to get yoga in at some Mm -hmm. point. Um, I've done yoga since I was 12 years old, and it's always been like a really centering thing for me. I never do it as a workout. It's more of a mind release. I've, I have a really hard time slowing down. And so totally. it physically <laughs> forces me to yeah. slow down. Um, so I'd say that's something I really connect with. And cooking is something I really connect with, too. If I get so, quote, busy that I order out too much and aren't cooking, I feel very disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love I love all of my things. I'm super into eating organ meats right now, so I've been like cooking all
0: organ, like the state. Like no, like oh, like, like liver, Oregon. like organs. liver and like heart liver and, and like. What yeah. got you into that? Yeah,
1: uh, so liver is the healthiest, most nutrient dense meat you can possibly Come on. eat. It's like really Yeah, yeah. It. It's, yeah. really and, liver and because I struggle with some liver issues, like my liver just doesn't function at a hundred percent. And your liver is what filters out excess hormones and toxins and so one of the best ways to support your liver is to eat liver and so and it's amazing for skin health too but it's, it's literally nature's multivitamin it has really? every yeah everything you, you possibly it? need i i just sear it for a couple minutes it's so both chicken both hearts and liver cook so fast i have a half iron skillet it's cooked in less than five minutes i like saute onions garlic liver hearts and like you throw it on a have salad or throw it on top of veggies. I don't think
2: I've ever had it, but I've definitely I've definitely heard about it and like Do they
0: it sell it at long. the normal grocery stores?
1: Um they do. Sprouts I think has it. I get mine from um there's a local place called Dollar Ranch. They sell mm. at the farmers market. I've been just picking it up at their re- warehouse in Mer- Mira Mesa, but um, Jimbo's has it. Sprouts has some liver. I don't think they have they don't have chicken hearts there I, they always, liver. I always
0: grew up, <laughs> up as a kid like that was That was always like the old, like grandparents. Yeah, my grandma, yeah. What was the side of it? Liver and shit. But it was like always one that you're like, absolutely not or I'm putting that shit under the table. Yeah. Never would have thought I'm going to try it.
1: So I had to get, so I love the taste of chicken hearts. I think they taste like little chicken nuggets. They're delicious. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They're so good. They're so good. Liver (laughs) took me a little bit to get used to. Chicken tastes better than um, like beef liver to me. And, but if I go heavy with like salt and pepper and then I do like a balsamic dressing or something on top and I like cut it up, um, I wouldn't sit there and eat liver like I would a piece of steak. I definitely mm. like either mixed in with veggies or mixed in with a salad. It's just, it's a little bit of a different taste to get used to. I don't think it tastes bad. It's just, it's so different. And I don't, I don't have a texture food problem. Like a lot of people do. Some people mm. won't eat something because of texture. And so, um, that could be someone... Reason why someone wouldn't want to try liver, but I've gotten very used to it now that I really enjoy it. And I have this thing in my head where if I know it's really, really good for me, I have like zero problem. Yeah, like I learned to love it.
2: Mm. So you're not vegan? That was going no, to be question I'm definitely right. not vegan. Yeah, I'm like yeah.
1: very pro animal protein. So yeah, just like grass fed and organic though.
0: So first thing, we're gonna convert you. I don't know if you eat pokey, but we're opening a pokey shop right. You, th- I'm obsessed. It's next with door poke. to you, like legit next door on oh 10th and uh, J, across from Basic.
1: Oh my god! So oh con- no, I've seen the signs for it. Yeah, we're yeah. we're ready to
0: op- once once policy. Oh, I can We were can't supposed wait. to open with opening day of the Padres. Yeah, and we were going to be part of the block party, all that. So it was a real real bummer, um, but now we're like we're ready. So like it's it's even cooler, you know. Now when the city reopens, we're open and
1: yeah. and it's it's cool. We've started downtown getting- is miss pokey. We don't like have 100%. any good spots down here. I have to drive. Somewhere else. I'm not going to mention it because I'm excited about your pokey. But I have to drive somewhere else to go get the pokey I want.
0: Before you did. Before, <laughs> yeah, before I did. did. Now
1: I have a spot.
0: <laughs> so what else? Because I told you we are like uh, life hack, nutrition enthusiasts. What else like that falls into the weird liver category do you do or can you share? Because yeah. I'll go. I'm, I'll, I'll start eating liver. Like we, yeah. we, me and him, like, you know, we, we try and do um, everything from like a conditioning standpoint to nutrition standpoint to all that. So what's some other
1: secrets? Yeah. I have a really dialed in like supplement protocol that I interchangeably use. So there's one that I've taken every single morning for almost two years now. And it's these, um, cold pressed salt water capsules. It's in these glass vials that you have to like snap off the glass ends to it and drink it. Mm. And it's gotten, it's, um, It's taken from super, super deep in the ocean. And so it's really high in iodine and basically thousands of vitamins and nutrients are packed in. And so it's better than taking a multivitamin because a multivitamin is very synthetic and also the way that the vitamins are in a multivitamin don't always support each other. Cause there's so many vitamins that you get from food that have to be coupled with like other vitamins or protein and amino acids to make it bioavailable for your body to absorb properly. And so because this is like cold pressed salt water from super, super deep in the ocean, um, you get your sodium in the morning, which is why if you've heard like the celery juice craze, one of the reasons why Mm. it's like so successful for people is because of the sodium content on an empty stomach in the morning. And so you get that, and then you get, like, thousands of vitamins and nutrients just in this glass vial of salt water. So I take that every single morning. And it it has, like, natural electrolytes in it. There's (laughs) one for more energizing that has more electrolyte support. And, again, nothing synthetic's added. It's just, like, taken from different parts. And then there's more of, like, a stress um, support one that's a little bit better to take at night.
0: All right, so we're going to start a thread with her. Yeah. I'm totally in on We're going to start a thread with her and give updates on liver <laughs> yep. and salt water. So I have one to throw at you because yeah. I feel like somewhere I saw you posting about it is you do cold showers. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to bring you into the big leagues. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so me and him, uh, I went to a seminar two Novembers ago in Santa Monica, and it was actually the owner on it he was putting on. And so a lot of the guest speakers I knew and was like looking forward to seeing – And one of the speakers lived in Santa Monica and he was giving a a presentation, Aaron Alexander. Mm -hmm. And through the presentation, I see a slide up of, anytime he runs a podcast too, and he runs the stuff out of his, he has like a beach house, so a little backyard. Mm -hmm. And he had people in um, what looked like, a I thought it was a man-made, like cold tank, cold plunge. And I've done cryotherapy, I've done cold, every form of cold I got into like years and years ago. Okay, wait. Um, I feel
1: like this is something I haven't heard of. I'm like getting excited. Yeah,
0: you should get in your seat. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay.
1: get on that jersey. Like, what are you going to share?
0: <laughs> no, so I, I I pulled him aside after. I'm like, hey, Aaron. Um, you know, I live in San Diego, so we have the same problem. We don't have big backyards, all that. I'm like, I've done cryo, I've done cold showers, this and that. I'm like, what was that? Like, what were you sitting? Where'd you get that? He's like, bro, Home Depot. Here's a link, and it's a commercial freezer. So it's a commercial, oh like, God. long. So I got the. I decided to really splurge. I got like the six foot long where you can like fully sit out, but it's a commercial freezer now on my balcony. It's the same thing, like a little balcony on in in East village, but you fill it up, you cool it down to, and it stays at 40 degrees. I I have to, I think yours is different. I have to every like couple weeks, replug it back in and shoot it back down to 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's our daily. We get in it for three to sometimes if we're feeling frisky, 10 minutes, he's got (laughs) one at his house too.
1: That Uh, is so awesome. Yeah. I love that. So
0: we'll, we'll, we'll get the salt caps saltwater yeah. caps and the liver and now you're <laughs> gonna have, you're gonna take a plunge in the cold <laughs> I love it have I'm you ever so done that
1: down. no I've never done
0: incredible no it's yeah, incredible life changing I'm excited because I've done cryotherapy
1: yeah. a bunch cryotherapy is
0: great yeah I put them in similar categories but this like and it's funny I, I'm going there from here my buddy uh just bought a sauna for his house mm. And, uh, and he that's bought it on Costco. That's my next thing. I yeah. everything every, everything's sl- sauna. Everything's slashed right now. So he got it super cheap yeah. like two weeks ago. And that's another thing. I go to saunas. I sit in the sauna like four or five times a week. So I'm like, dude, I got to come test ride this thing because now I want to have a sauna at yeah. the house. And it's actually really compact. So I'm going to get one and put it side by side. So I have the cold plunge.
1: Oh my god! And the sauna. I love it. And yeah. Back and forth.
0: But getting in the cold plunge every day will change your life. I it's agree. Incredible.
1: It's better than a boost of coffee. Like yeah. when I do cryotherapy, because like cold shower, it's good, but it doesn't get me as much as cryotherapy does. And I'm sure it would like sitting in the plunge. Mm-hmm. It honestly stimulates more, me more than coffee does. I'm like so dialed in, so focused, so energized.
0: Well, that's what I was trying, wh- where I got to that point was I called it, I I have to earn my coffee in the morning because it used to be, you know, you get up and you just press, press yeah. brew. And then I started learning how you know putting the first thing in your system as coffee is really just not, it's not good for you. Yeah. Um, so I now earn my coffee, and that's part of it, is getting up and getting in, in the cold tank. Like you, I'm not even thinking about coffee for at least a couple hours, yeah. but earning it. And it also, I know you talked a lot about anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference maker because uh, I do all sorts of weird and crazy workouts. And since I've done this regularly... Um, I haven't noticed like the aches and pain and it's definitely helped sleeping too. Yeah. Um,
1: help sleeping. A t- I struggle with sleep a lot, but when yeah. I'm in a regular like cold routine with yeah. therapy, I sleep so well.
0: Sleeps big, sleeps yeah. big. So I got big into that last year, but so that's our challenge, I guess, for you then we'll take the I salt caps and the liver you take, you take that.
1: Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I, I am
0: curious before we, we go, what are
2: some like, I don't know, like your top three or five uh, things that people can change in their like daily routines or like, what are some of the gnarly shit out there that people put in their bodies or on their bodies that you would recommend they change now?
1: I think eating is so much simpler than people think. I think when people try to gravitate towards fad diet, it just gets so confusing and then they end up just rebounding to what they're doing. So, I mean, if you're just eating a veggie-based, grass-fed organic protein and have like some type of fats in there you're good. And I think sometimes people just make that so much more complicated that it needs to be. Like just go get like I buy a lot of frozen organic veggies in bulk and then I get some Holy. fresh ones too. I buy I'll buy organic grass-fed stuff in bulk throw it in my freezer and get some fresh stuff too. And so just having your fridge stocked with good things so you're not automatically just going for junk food. Um, I think one of the best things people can do is just not buy junk food
0: mm. <laughs> and
1: not have it in their house. Like yep. I, I do love snacking, but I will just eat way too much of it, and so I just don't buy. I just don't keep snacks in my house. Smart. Like there's just an easy way not to eat it. It's just I'm like saying, don't I'm buy it so
2: much right now. It's <laughs> just, terrible. Just don't it's so buy it. <laughs> don't keep it in your house. <laughs> have it there, bro. I bought Fruit Loops for the first time like a week ago. Oh I was like, it's been like a year
0: since I've eaten those. The quarantine made you do it so much. The quarantine made it. you
1: do
0: it so much better than that. So, is so there, I think,
1: yeah, I think that's like a really big, really big thing you can do. I feel what was the last thing that you asked? You said a couple of things that people can change just or, like anything oh, put on their body. That was, the yeah, other we'll thing. put on your book because yeah. you talked
2: a lot about uh inflammatory oils as well. Yeah, and I don't know if you know who Ben Greenfield is, yes. Okay, so Ben Greenfield, yeah. I got his book. Uh, God, what the hell is it called? It's I like I don't remember
1: the, his book's called, but I like his podcast, I listen to his podcast, yeah. A lot. But
2: so he's got that massive book that I told you about, it's like yep. 800 pages long, but. He was talking in there about inflammatory oils canola yeah. oil like that. oh kind yeah of stuff. so i and only
1: I- use avocado coconut and then and that's the only those the only ones i cook in and then i use olive oil raw i don't ever cook in olive oil because it has mm. a lower smoke point in uh, avocado well, I, avocado coconut and ghee butter are the only things i cook in because their smoke points like 450 500 degrees so for mm. anyone that doesn't know when basically a smoke point is if you're cooking something and it starts smoking, that's its smoke point. So it's at what degree temperature. But as soon as that happens, you're, um, it becomes rancid. So it becomes inflammatory. Mm. So an olive oil has a way lower smoke point, And so it can become inflammatory. So, you know, canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil, wheat germ oil, the, all those are inflammatory. And then so just stick with coconut oil, avocado, ghee, and then only avocado or sorry, only olive oil raw like for on like on top of things um but as far as putting on your body as well um and this is something that's super important to not only women but men is there's so many hormone disruptors in skincare products and body lotions and stuff that we have on our body and our our skin is an absorb uh, and is an absorption system so the mm-hmm. same way that like we eat things and it gets absorbed you put things on your skin it gets absorbed and so there are um There are products that have a lot of parabens and hormone disruptors in it that can mess with your hormones and it can actually mess, it can like lower men's testosterone levels too and cause like long-term health issues. So women, we deal with like a lot more balance with our hormones, we have a lot more going on. So it's a very high concern for women, but it's also a major um, concern for men because you can experience like hair loss and libido loss and uh, muscle tone loss and, um, increase in fat and all different things by using products that are, um, disrupting your hormones.
0: Do you have as much of your customer base men?
1: We have about 30% men.
0: Really? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So we're like, at some point we're going to start, um, targeting some things a little more towards men. We've just been really focused on like building the community we have, but we do have a lot of men because a lot of men struggle with skin issues just as much as women, Mm -hmm. um, and so we do put some education out there for men, but yeah, we do have a pretty, pretty decent men consumer basis. Yeah. Is there
0: is there anything, any like one particular thing guys do in general that's just terrible or like your pet peeve for skincare?
1: When you guys put like gel and lotion in your hair and then like bring it into your face. It <laughs> <laughs> like, drives me are like doing your hair and then like just do it everywhere. Wait, wait <laughs> just,
0: what? Who does that? What some people do that because they'll like
1: do it in their beard. Like they'll just do it like everywhere. Yeah
0: kind of guys you're I, I no <laughs> <laughs> are you treating? I don't know.
1: But not like you'll use the same hair gel that you use like everywhere else. And so. I
0: feel like I've bought some facial type stuff, but I not not often. I, I, I think I need to. I, mean, I use a lotion every day, but I don't put hair gel on my face. <laughs> well, so. they'll like bring
1: it down into like everything else. You know what I mean? Like they'll do it and then just like bring it. Every, like, and, in like, a, just, like in a beard? Yeah. But okay. it just like freaks me out. Like there's just so much yeah. crap in hair stuff that I feel like beard stuff should be a little more skin care related and so it just like grosses me out when like the hair product is on your face in any way it's (laughs) pretty gross (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) i think a lot of guys or maybe it's me you know they have a hard time or they don't they look at it as maybe feminine doing yeah because i've had you know friends that get into like giving the facials and all that and i've never done one Mm But it's probably a good idea. Bro, well, they're incredible. The easiest really? thing guys can incredible. do is Never just
1: exfoliate, which is really great. Like, use just, yeah. like, a physical exfoliator for their skin. Um, Heard about that before. Because you guys don't deal with as many skin issues because of your testosterone. Like your your skin barrier is actually thicker than women, and then your hormones are different as well, so you don't, ha- you don't have, like, estrogen and progesterone spikes like women do. Yours are, like, a little more even-keeled, mm. so you don't deal with all of the, like, hormonal skin issues. But still, men that, like... Work out a ton and do a lot of things that are stimulating testosterone repetitively. Can deal with a lot of skin issues. And then also acne is is genetic as well. And so some people just deal with it lifelong. But if you're just doing it for aging well as well. Just taking care of your skin sure, and just yeah. aging gracefully. <laughs> exfoliating is like the greatest thing you can do.
0: I was at a buddy's two nights ago. Him and his girlfriend and they made dinner. The le- actually, they've been like my only two. He's one of my best friends. And only two that I've gone to like dinner outings since quarantine yeah and the first time I was there she she is like an Amazon Prime fucking everyday person (laughs) but she's she's in a lot of that stuff too uh and they convinced me to put uh a mask on yeah and so we're drinking we're drinking White Claws and a mask and I forget what we were watching and then and then he asked he's they asked me to come over Sunday for the Big Jordan uh documentary yeah and I'm like oh hell yeah and I go over and she's got. I put it. I put it on my story. Oh, she's got sorry. like an LED mask that looks like a ra- like a rave mask. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was actually sitting over in the corner, and uh, and I didn't know it was a beauty thing. I'm like, Greg, was that your guys' Coachella outfit or some shit? And now you like are reliving it in here. Yeah. And uh, he's like, No, that's Alex. And we. <laughs> Because I looked over, she didn't give me a heads up. We're sitting there and we're watching Jordan thing. Next thing I know, she's in the corner and she's got it full on and it, it changes <laughs> colors. And yeah. I go for it, I'm about lost. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but apparently, it has some sort of crazy good benefit. Yeah, it's like,
1: I mean, have you seen like the Juve light, like red light therapy? Yeah, infrared. yeah so my it's in red light, my light. yeah. Sister,
0: my sister replied to my story. She's like,
1: oh, red light therapy,
0: that's the new thing. I'm like, yeah, oh, I- for fuck's
1: Reduces reduce inflammation. Some of those little things though don't really do much. You have to have like a medical grade LED light for it to like really create change in your skin because it reduces inflammation, it stimulates collagen production, all the things, but you have to have like a certain wavelength in it for it to for it to actually do something. Okay. Yeah. Aubrey but it, right. there's a ton of science behind it if you're using the right kind of uh, red light. And then blue light is antibacterial.
0: Red and blue. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Starting with liver and salt. Pills.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll graduate yeah
0: (laughs) so one of the final things we always ask is if there's somebody listening or watching who is at the beginning stages like the day one the packaging in their house those like just getting off the ground business days what is your advice to them
1: no matter what just keep the momentum going with mm-hmm. everything you're doing because you know, you're going to hit a thousand roadblocks and a million things are going to go wrong and as long as you can keep the mindset to just pivot every time like don't stop don't lose that momentum it's you just pivot from it I mean mm-hmm. same in basketball you don't just like stop and drop the ball and then like <laughs> mm-hmm. walk, walk, walk and sit on the bench you pivot to get around something or you turn around or you pass the ball and so just knowing how to pivot and just not losing momentum
0: totally great answer Right off the cuff too. <laughs> Where can people find you?
1: Um, you can find me on Instagram, kaylee.christina. and then you can follow Clearstem at Clearstem Skincare.
0: Sweet. I was going to
1: say dot com, and I'm like on Instagram. <laughs> on the website, <laughs> <is> ClearstemSkincare.com. <laughs> Instagram, Clearstem Skincare.
0: Sweet. Well, thank you for breaking quarantine. Thank we'll you. We'll put for our mask me. back on and call it a day. Um, but appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Oh.
2: Sweet. Stay right there. Don't move. Okay. Uh, we're gonna. You have questions? Oh, I gotta grab. Them.
1: Um, can I use the restroom real quick? Yeah.
2: Uh, right through that door.